Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to today's podcast. I hope you enjoy that beautiful um, piano music. My name is Fernando and your host for this quick podcast. With God, all things are possible. Remarkable things will happen to those who pray. All things are possible with God. And with us, it's so-so. All we got to do is get on our knees, ask God, and believe. Imagine, imagine, imagine. Let's pray. Father, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Welcome to today's date, the 8th. We're on the 8th day of October. I heard the Lord this morning. I heard him say, John, the book of John. I started reading the book of John last night. I don't know how far I got. I think I read chapter 2. Okay, let's go with chapter 3. There was a man in the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou do it except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and the spirit of, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell where it cometh, or whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto you, unto thee, we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen and you receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, 
even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whatsoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is a combination, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that does evil hated the light, neither come into the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth come into the light, that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wroth in God. After these things came Jesus and his disciples into the land of Judea, and there he tarried with them and baptized them. And John also was baptized in Anna near to Salim, because there was so much water there, and they came and were baptized. For John was not yet cast into prison. Then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. purifying. And there came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond your Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizing, and all men come to him. Jesus answered and said, A man can receive nothing except be given from him from heaven. You yourself bear my witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. He that has the bride of the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy therefore is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. He that cometh from above is above all. He that is from the earth is earthly, and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. And what he has seen and heard, that he testify, and no man receiveth his testimony. He that has received his testimony has set to his seal that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaketh these words of God, for God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. The Father loveth the Son, and has given all things unto his hands. He that believeth in the Son has everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abided on him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Give them heaven, folks. Make it a great day.
October the 8th, Kenny Copeland, Faith to Fair, Seed of Faith. Reading for today is Matthew 17:20. Welcome to today's reading. God bless you. Lord, open our ears and our hearts to hear what you're telling us today. Thank you for loving us and giving us your mercy and kindness. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Nothing shall be impossible unto you. Nothing shall be impossible unto you. Matthew seventeen twenty. Someone once said that the reason I can live like I do is because I have special faith. This is Kenny Copeland. But you know, that's just not true. I don't have special faith. God has given me the same measure of faith he's given to you and every other believer. The only reason my faith works like it works better is because I use it. If you've been living in the shadows of a mountain waiting for God to give you some kind of special faith, make a change today. Step out and put the measure of faith you have to work moving the spiritual, physical, mental, and financial obstacles Satan has brought against you. Again, moving the spiritual, physical, mental, or financial obstacles Satan has brought against you. Romans 12.3 says, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Believe him. Imagine him giving it to you. Believe him. Step out in faith about that faith. Say, say this, Heavenly Father, I thank you that through faith in Jesus Christ, you have shared your nature and your spirit with me. I am grateful for the measure of faith imparted to me as a believer. Let's say it again. Repeat it after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that through faith in Jesus Christ, you have shared your nature and your spirit with me. I am grateful for the measure of faith imparted to me as a believer. Amen. I make the decision today to walk in that faith. I make that decision to today to walk in that faith, to put it to work on the situations around me. I commit myself to operate in mountain-moving faith. For I know that it is impossible to please you without it. Hebrews 11.6 I know that it is impossible to please you without it. Hebrews 11.6 Let's keep going. Some more confessions. As I plant this faith and water it with your word, I expect it to grow and overcome the mountains in my life and in the lives of those of whom I intercede. 
I thank you, Father, that as I do this, nothing shall be impossible to me. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you, Father, that as I do this, nothing shall be impossible to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let me go ahead and read that again in content, so um, see if you can follow it easily. This is a confession that we're to confess. Let's say confess it. Let's write it down and confess it for 30 days. It can't hurt, right? We tried everything. And the way I understand it is I must act and say the words of God, the truth of God, into the air. And it works best for me when I imagine the blood of Jesus. I put the put the blood in my forehead and top of my head and my ears, all over my arms, my feet, my fingers. I just dip myself, quench myself into the blood of Jesus. Then I bless the water of God. I take a glass of spring water and say, wonderful water, and bless the water with saying, I declare that it is wonderful water, the water that was baptized, that baptized Jesus. It is wonderful water. And drink that and then say the confession. Say, when you're ready, come back and say this. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that through faith in Jesus Christ, you have shared your nature and your spirit with me. I am grateful for the measure of faith imparted to me as a believer. I make the decision today to walk in that faith, to put it to work in that situation around me. I commit myself to operate in mountain-moving faith, for I know that it is impossible to please you without it. As I plant this faith and water it with your word, I expect it to grow and overcome the mountains in my life, and in the lives of those for whom I intercede. Thank you, Father, that as I do this, nothing shall be impossible to me in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Additional scripture reading is Luke 8, 41-56. Thank you very much. Now we move from faith to fe in Spanish. Gracias por vender, venir. El grano de fe por Kenny Copeland. Mateo 17, 20. Jesús les dijo, por vuestra poca fe, porque te, de cierto te digo que si tuvieras fe como un grano de mostaza, maíz, dirías de ser Le dirás a este monte, pásate de aquí allá, y se pasará, y nada será imposible. Mateo 17:20. Una vez alguien dijo que la razón por la cual yo vivía como la hago es porque tengo una fe especial. Eso en realidad no es cierto. Yo no tengo una fe especial. Dios me ha dado la misma medida de fe que le ha dado a usted y a todo el creyente. La única razón por la cual mi fe parece dar más resultados es porque la pongo en práctica. 
Si usted ha estado viviendo a la sombra de una montaña esperando que Dios le dé cierta clase de fe especial, haga un cambio hoy mismo. Empiece a poner en práctica la medida de fe que ya tiene. ¿Cómo? ¿Cómo puede ser eso? De un paso de fe, de un paso de fe. Esto le agrada a Dios y deshágase de los obstáculos espirituales, físicos, psicológicos y económicos que Satanás le ha puesto. Lo va a hacer por medio de su fe y su voluntad. En Romanos 2.3 dice, leemos que Dios repartió la medida de fe a cada uno. Créalo. Créalo, lee ese paso de fe y confiese. ¿Listo? Hay que confesar esto. Padre Celestial, te doy gracias porque la fe en Jesucristo me ha hecho partícipe de tu naturaleza y de tu Espíritu Santo. Estoy muy agradecido por la medida de fe que me ha sido dada como creyente. Hoy tomo la decisión de andar en esa fe y de ponerla en práctica en mis circunstancias. Me comprometo a vivir según la fe que mueve montañas, pues sé que sin fe es imposible agradarte. Señor, al sembrar es esta semilla de fe y regarla con tu palabra, confío que en que crecerá y moverá montañas en mi vida y en la vida de la persona por quien es interceso. Intercedo. Gracias, Padre, porque al hacer esto, nada me será imposible. En el nombre de Jesús. Amén. Adicional, le, leyenza es, es Lucas 8, 41 a 56. Amén. Dios los bendiga, familia. Thank you for showing up. We're going to be reading John 14 from the King James Bible. I'll start at chapter 14, but before that, I'm going to read the introduction on John, on the book of John. You know what? Let me go ahead and read not only the introduction, but I'll start with chapter one and see how far we get. Okay, the gospel according to John in the New King James, in the King James Version, the old 300-year-old publication. Okay, just as a coin has two sides, both valid, so Jesus Christ has two natures. Both valid. Luke represents Christ in his humanity as the Son of Man. John portrays him as his deity as the Son of God. John's purpose is crystal clear to set forth Christ in his deity in order to spark believing faith in his readers. John's gospel is topical, not primarily chronological, and it revolves around seven miracles and seven I am statements of Christ. Following an extended eyewitness description of the upper room meal and discourse, John records events leading up to the resurrection, the final climate proof 
proof that Jesus is who he claims to be, the Son of God. The title of the four gospel follows the same format as the titles of the synoptical gospels. Kara Loanen, according to John, as with the others, the word gospel was added later. Loanis is derived from the Hebrew name Yah. No, no, it's Ioannis. Uh, Ioannis is derived from the Hebrew name Johannan. Yahweh has been gracious. Yahweh has been gracious. Now for the reading of chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was with the light of men. And the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighted every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him to them gave the power, he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed in his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwell among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and Christ, saying, This was he of whom I spoke. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. And this is the record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are thou Elias? And he said, No, I'm not. Are thou the prophet? And he answered, No. Then he said unto him, Who art thou? And that we may give an answer to them which have sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way. Of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah, and and they which were sent were of the Pharisees, and they asked him, and he said unto him, Why baptize thou then, if thou be not the Christ, nor Elias, neither the prophet? John answered them and saying, I baptize with water, 
but there standeth one among you whom you know not. He it is whose coming after me is preferred before preferred before me whose shoes latch I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Bethabara beyond Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, John sees Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore I am come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bare record that this is the Son of God, Again the next day after John stood and two, two of his disciples and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following and said unto them, What seek you? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? He said unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two which heard John speak and follow him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon and said unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. The day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and find it Philip and said unto him, Follow me. Now Philip was at Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip find it Nathanael and said unto him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathan said unto him, Can there be anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said unto him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guilt, deceit. Nathan said unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before the Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou Thou shalt see greater things than these. And he said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open 
and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of God. End of chapter 1. Chapter 2. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they went, they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I do to with thee? My hour is not come. His mother said unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set there six water parts of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three fur skins apiece. Jesus said unto them, Fill the water parts with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said unto them, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they heard it. When the ruler of the fast had tasted, of the feast had tasted the water, that which was made wine, and knew not when it was, but the servants knew, and withdrew the water new, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and said unto him, Every man at the beginning does set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. This begins the miracles that Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested for his glory, and his disciples believed on him. After this, he went down to Capernaum, he and his mother and his brethren and his disciples, and they continued there not many days. And the Jews' Passover was at hand, as Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables and said unto them that sold doves, Take these things hence, make not my father's house a house of merchandise. And his disciples remembered that what it was written, the seal of the Lord, the seal of thy house hath eaten me. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, What sign showed forth unto us, seeing that thou dost these things? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Destroy this temple in three days, I will raise it up. Then Jesus then said the Jews, Forty-six years was his temple in building, and without reiterate it up three days. But he spoke of the middle. He, but he spoke of the temple of his body. When therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remember what he had said this unto them, and they believed the scriptures and the word which Jesus had said. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast days, many believed of his name when they saw the miracles which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men 
and needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Thanks be to God, the word of the Lord. sure we did the seventh tradition we're self-supporting through our own contributions i think it's time right for our speaker tonight everyone give a round of applause for raul My name is Raul and I'm still an alcoholic. Oh. I want to congratulate the birthday girl. That's uh, Happy birthday. Yeah, that's not as, as easy as it seems. Um, like I said, I'm an alcoholic. And uh, uh, if you're new to this program, I want to welcome you and letting you know that whatever I say is my own personal opinion. But we do have literature here. And if you want to find out about alcohol, alcoholism, I, I suggest you read it. Um, I started drinking when I was 16. I was still in high school. And from the first time, I didn't drink like a gentleman. <laughs> what, I re, what I can remember is that I just chugged it all the way to the finish. So I, I didn't know it at the time, but I was looking for the effect of alcohol in me. And from that time on, Without knowing it, I spent a lot of time thinking where, when I was going to get my next drink. Uh, all through high school, I knew that on weekends, I might be able to get some drinks. And that's what I would think through the week. Um, uh, I didn't get here uh, on a court card. I got here, what I later found out is the progression of this disease because uh, alcoholism is a disease it's like diabetes I didn't choose to have it but I have it and, uh, and today I know that I have to do something about it on a regular basis uh, because this is incurable uh, this is a disease that is slow progressive and incurable all I can do is uh, stop it one day at a time and the only place that I, I I've, I've been able to do it is through Alcoholics Anonymous. Because I tried for years uh, to do it on my own. I would do it for like 10 days, and uh, that was about it. You know, I would find an excuse uh, to drink again. Uh, so like I said, it, it's uh, slow. and. Uh, so I didn't know about Alcoholics Anonymous till I, I, I was like 26. A girlfriend of mine told me that uh, I might have a problem with alcohol when uh, we went to the ice house in Pasadena. And I didn't know Pasadena had one-way streets. <laughs> so I guess I was driving the wrong way and she reminded me that alcohol might have something to do with it. And that's when I went to my first meeting at 5.02 at noon. I didn't talk to anybody, nobody talked to me. 
And after the meeting, I said to myself, thank you for the information, but I, I'm different. <laughs> and, I, and I went on my merry way without getting caught, because I kept drinking and using for uh, almost 10 more years. And now that's when the progression of this disease uh, brought me back. I got to a point that I, I thought they were gonna lock me up and throw away the key. And that's when I, uh, I became uh, willing to hear what you guys had to say. I was willing to give you guys the benefit of the doubt. I remember those meetings. And that's when you told me uh, that this is a self-diagnosis. I'm the only one that can say that I'm an alcoholic. And if I do uh, diagnose myself, it's, it's slow, progressive, and incurable. And I can only stop it one day at a time. And they recommended for me to do 90 meetings before I decide that I'm not an alcoholic. And I did like 180 meetings in 90 days. Because <laughs> I was unemployable at that time. You know, I thought I was, they were gonna lock me up. So, um, and I did like two, twice a day because I didn't have any, anything better to do. And one thing that uh, made me come back is that when I was in the meeting, I was able to shut off my head and hear other people because that's the problem. When, I, when I'm with my, uh, alone, my head will not shut up. You know, and it doesn't say good things about me. You know, I got, I got that uh, negativity which I, today I, I, I blame the disease for it. You know, that, uh, cause uh, my disease is still alive and it wants to take back its place. So it will put thoughts on my head for me to justify to go and drink and use again. I know this is an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, but alcohol took me to uh, different substances. And, uh, and one of the reasons I'm here is because I have a difficulty being honest with myself, you know, because I can justify and rationalize everything. So I'm always right. And uh, so uh, what I realized that I was able to stop drinking for a while. As long as I had my marijuana maintenance or my recreational meth. So, so uh, I, had to I had to realize, that's when I realized that I cannot be honest with myself, because I can justify everything. Once I got here, I know that I have to stay away from all my altered substances. Because what I do, I change addictions. I switch my obsession from one thing to the other. And today I know that my obsession can, can be a person, it can be food, it can be gambling, you name it. I can obsess about it. And the 12th step of our program says that I should try to practice these principles in all my affairs. Because today I know that my disease change faces. It turns into, and my disease is like the guacamole. I hit it right here and it pops it right here. One way to the other. So I have to be aware because I can obsess on anything. And, uh, and the only way I can do it is to stay close to meetings because I tend to forget. And I start to realize, I start to think that, oh yeah, I'm an alcoholic, but I am a different alcoholic. I don't have to do what you guys need to do because I'm not that bad. 
So today I know that much about myself. And, and I know that I cannot trust my thinking. You know, because my disease still talking to me. And it wants its space back. So I take it, the, the programs recommend to stay on the 24 hour. And that's what it helps me to manage my life today. Because my head will take, will take me from yesterday to tomorrow. What happened yesterday or what's gonna happen tomorrow. And in the meantime, I screwed up today. So one of the hardest things for me to do is stay in the moment. And that's what I come here to remind myself. That no matter what happens right here, right now, everything is the way it's supposed to be. Which in terms that means that I have to accept life on life terms. That was a new concept for me. Because I always wanted to control everything. Another thing I realized that I'm a kind of an extremist. I don't do anything half-assed. I go, is it black or white? And this program is teaching me there's different shades of gray. That it doesn't have to be what I think it should be. And I don't have to go to extremes. And to do that, since this is incurable, I'm not cured of anything. Because uh, um, I don't like to say how much time I have, because it doesn't matter. It's what I do today. But uh, my first, uh, my second meeting, because it, it, between my first meeting and my second meeting, 10 years went by, and I didn't get caught. I just went insane, and uh, that's when I came back. And that was on January 9, 1999. But by the grace of a higher power, I, has, I haven't even, uh, had to go back again. So this is my first time around. And uh, so it, it can be done, see? Because the first time I remember that first meeting, I said, I didn't want to waste your time or mine, because I didn't belong here. So 10 years later, I, you know, everything that I, I thought that it was not going to happen to me, it did. So. Um, if you're new to this program, uh, uh, I don't wish you luck, because if you're here, you already have it. But give yourself a chance. Give yourself a chance and uh, try to learn more about alcoholism. And since we have a game going, that's all I'm going to have to say. Thank you. Thank you, Raul. So for my second story, keep coming back. Oh, I could, I could see. Uh, oh, that's way better. Thank you. All right, let's uh, thank uh, Raul again for time. and everyone else for coming and helping. Joey alcoholic. Joey. The promise is if we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past or nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others, that our feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. 
we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away and our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing what, for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They're being fulfilled among us sometimes quickly, sometimes pretty slowly. They will always materialize if we work, work, work for them. Now, after a moment of silence for the alcoholic that still suffers in and outside of these rooms and the children and the pets caught in the crossfire, please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, Our Father who art in heaven, heaven hallowed, hallowed be thy name. Thy, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thy is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Keep coming back. Hi, welcome. Limitless Love by Gloria Copeland. When your joy slips away. Verse for the day is Philippians 3, verse 1. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same thing to you. To be indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same thing to you, to me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Interesting, huh? Philippians 3.1. Have you ever noticed that when the fruit of the Spirit is listed in Galatians, love tops the list? That's because love is the fruit from which all of the others flow. When love is present, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control always follow right behind it. When love is absent, the rest are absent too. That's why I train myself to pay a close attention to not only my love life, but to my joy level. Since joy is the immediate result of walking in love, I learned that when my joy begins to wane, it's a sure sign that somewhere along the way, I step out of love and into selfishness. Initially, I might have no idea when I, it happened. I'll just notice that although I began my day in joy, somehow a sense of sadness or irritation has set in. What's the matter with me, I wonder? I felt a great a while ago. What has stolen my joy? Inevitably, as I think back through my day, I remember some insignificant but unkind things someone said to me that caused me to take offense without even realizing it. I'll recall some situation where someone aggravated me and I failed to respond in love. I'll see that from that moment on, my day began to go downhill. My joy slowly but surely began to slide away. Once I realize what has happened, I do whatever is necessary to correct the situation. I repent for my failure to walk in love, forgive the person who was unkind to me, and extend heartfelt grace to the person who irritated me. 
as I respond to them outwardly in an unloving manner, I apologize, if possible, and make things right. When I purposely stir my joy up again, I am driving my car, I'll play a CD of praise songs and sing along. I can't carry a tune, so I only do what I'm, I'm alone. It will be a loving to do it when others are around. I, it wouldn't be loving to do if others were around. I thought, if thoughts of strife or aggravation try to persist, I just resist them. I look at the situation in the light of the Word of God and say to myself, that's no big deal. I'm full of love, so I'm not going to be touchy and fretful about that. I'm not going to let the devil use it to steal my joy. If you're serious about walking in love, I recommend you do the same thing. Watch yourself, and when you find you're, you're getting downcast or depressed, look back and see where you stumble and fell out of love. Then step right back and stir your joy up again. You and everyone around you will be very glad you did. Amen. Let's go ahead and read um, what's so hard about that. That's October the 7th. The scripture for this is Hebrews 10.38. Now the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Sometimes I see Christians struggling and sweating in an effort to live by faith. To watch them, you'd think that faith in God is very difficult to obtain and extremely complicated to walk in. But God never intended living by faith to be difficult. He meant it to be simple that even a child could do it. We're the ones who make it hard. And we did it by separating it from love. Since faith works by love, you can easily see why a great mistake that can be. To have faith in God basically means to trust Him. Before we trust anyone, we have to know their heart. We have to know not only what they promised us, but why they made those promises. Unless we know their motives, we can never fully trust them. If they're under pressure, for example, and have to choose between protecting themselves or us, we're never sure exactly what they will do. That's why it does us only a limited amount of good to rehearse God's promises over and over, trying to believe them when we have little revelation of His love. We're continually plagued with doubts. What if God's promises are conditional? No wonder. And we have unknowingly failed to meet these conditions. What if, in this context called the Bible, there are clauses and exceptions that excuse God from fulfilling these promises? What if there are qualifications we don't know anything about? Once we understand God's heart, however, such questions just melt away. Once we realize that He made all those promises because He loved us, we can rest assured not only that He will, but that He wants us to do for us all that He has said. God's motive in everything He does for us is purely and simple love. We never have to worry about Him choosing His own interests over ours because He already proved at Calvary that he was willing to sacrifice himself on our behalf by pouring out his very own blood. He showed us that every promise he has made to us and every word he has spoken was prompted by his great love. He demonstrated that once and for all that he cares so much about us 
that he wants to meet our every need, and he has power enough to do it. All we have to do is give him an open door by inviting him into our lives, and he will rush in to do good things for us. That's how much he loves us. The more we understand that, the easier it is for us to have faith. After all, faith is just believing what God says. Faith is simply being confident that God has told us the truth. What's so hard about that? Nothing when you know his love. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful.